pause. Personality. Do you think I'm like unobtainable? She stopped recording. No, I didn't stop recording. Did do you think my social media is like making me look unobtainable? For these jokers out here now, yes. But it's not like I mean, I'm living lavishly. You're not you don't living. Think so. okay. I'm, I'm like, a man. I'm a woman. I'm so a man. This is what I knew you were gonna say that. But Anisa, I say, dude, step up your game. If you if you're intimidated by this, then maybe you need to, you know elevate and do some other things so that you can be confident when you step to me. Now, if that means he's a little older and he's a little more um, established, then so be it, right? If that's the case. But I don't see why there wouldn't be a 28-year-old who says, okay, let me save my coin so I can travel or so I can go to this nice restaurant. And do I think that you're at a place where you're like, oh, I don't need it, blah, 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 or Panda no. Express, it has to be the tough. And I, I don't think that's the air that comes no, across. It's all. just that a guy can look at what a woman's doing and what she likes, and it's like, bro, I can't, I ain't gonna be able to afford that. Welcome to the Almost Apostolic Podcast. I'm your host, Anissa. And this podcast is designed to share the backstories and the testimonies of beautiful ministry-minded people. I hope you laugh, I hope you cry, and most importantly, I hope you learn that we are all striving for perfection in an imperfect world as people of faith. So join me every week as I interview a few familiar folks and hopefully some you may not know. Hello, welcome to episode three of Almost Apostolic. I am here with James and Yotarsha Lee, who are the Elevate Marriages, uh, what do you call yourselves? The creators of Elevate Marriages. Uh, It's a marriage ministry. We're marriage Mm -hmm. advocates. Mm -hmm. Marriage Uh, champions. Marriage champions, absolutely. And I think this is the most appropriate time to do this podcast because we're coming up on 22 years of wedded bliss. You better know it. Yes. Over two decades of Lilo. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love the hashtag, I live her, I live Ah, her. Not a typo. That's right. Not a typo. (laughs) I think when we first started doing that, um, you know, people thought, oh, you spelled love wrong. No, we didn't. On purpose. I live in what I do, how I act, um, what I say. It is a reflection of what um, I feel for him because I know I'm a representation of of him and our marriage. So I do. I live him. I live him. I love it. Absolutely. Okay. So um, here's my first question. I want to give the question and then kind of give my opinion and then you guys (laughs) can correct me and tell me your thoughts on the subject. Correct. (laughs) Um, my question is, why are so many 21st century marriages ending in divorce? And I feel like possibly the answer is because so many couples are not asking the hard questions. They're not being their like true, most authentic selves. They're just kind of telling the other person what they want to hear until they get married. And then it's just like, oh, just kidding. I was never really that way. It's okay. Um, just kidding. I was never really that way. And you're just going to have to live with that. Is that something you think is happening? Well, um, the number one reason for divorce is unmet expectations. People think it's finance, think it's communication, but it's truly unmet expectations because to your point, people don't sit down to discuss what they expect from each other. 
So you go into it not knowing this person that you can join together and you just expect them to read your mind. And we're not mind readers. Oh, she should know. Oh, he should know. No, I won't know unless you tell me. And then if you tell me and then I don't comply or conform or whatever the case is, then that might be a reason for it. But many times folks don't sit down to have those conversations and they end up throwing their hands in the air and leaving. So um, ultimately that that is what it boils down to. I think what happens is you get so excited about the, oh, I'm gonna get married and if there's a big wedding and all the other things that go along with it and I'm not gonna do anything to mess that up. So I sent in my quote unquote representative um, and she talks to the gentleman and that's who he sees. And, you know, my representative is, you know, oh, how many kids do you want to have? Two. How many do you want to have? Two. Where do you want to live in a country? Where do you want to live in a country? It, you know, everything is, you know, right there. You're not having those tough decisions or tough conversations because you don't want anything to interfere with what you think the plan is, which is. I have to get married or I definitely want to get married. So at what point in the relationship do you start having those like not seemingly tough conversations, but just as far as what he wants versus what she wants? When does that begin? As soon as possible. You know, we always say, you know, when we do mentor couples um, at the point that they come to us. It starts today. OK, so I, I can't change anything that happened yesterday. But if we want tomorrow to be better, it all starts today. So today is the day you sit down and start having those conversations uh, about what really happened so that you can try to meet each other halfway, at least. Because sometimes I might not want to bend on some things and sometimes he may not want to bend on some things. But that's part of marriage as well. But once you start having those conversations to say, OK, well, how can we meet in the middle or at least get a little bit closer together? One, one drawback to add on to that, since you mentioned 21st century, mm -hmm. is that we live in a society where people just don't talk. You know, we send instant messengers or text Six messages, messages or, mm -hmm. you know, DMs, whatever the case is. So having that confrontational conversation or crucial conversations, we call it, um, they're far and few between. So it, it's it's a. Uh, it's progression uh, with technology, but it's it's regression when it comes to, to having a true relationship with someone. I I feel like I have the personality where there's nothing you can tell me that I like won't judge you for. There's nothing you can tell me that I mean I would try. I feel like I would try my best to work out a situation, but like I feel like I know what I want when it comes to a marriage relationship. But how do you? do that compromise like okay I do I want a lot of kids I want four kids and he wants one you know do we try to settle on two or like if that's what I truly want then how do you make it right as far as I still want to be with this person in a marriage what does that look like so then there's more conversation to that okay I want four kids in my home I want four kids from my body I want four kids um I don't know what 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 does that look like, and why do you want to have four kids compared to why does he want to have one? You know, well, I came from a huge family, and I know it's tough to have you know five kids or or six people running around, four kids, two adults. Or I came from a smaller family, and you know, I really I've always wanted a lot of kids. Starting to really talk and have those conversations as to what and why, and sometimes people can kind of see your perspective and be like, oh, babe, you know, I understand that. Okay, I, we can do that. Or 
yeah, I just, I'm still not feeling it. But being able to at least have those conversations and say, well, we may not agree on this, but where are we um, otherwise? Because we still have, we're still married. We're still one. We just may not be on the same page with this particular thing. And if that's the case from the beginning, then you already know that. So that may not be what you want. Yeah. But don't go into it thinking I'll change his mind. Right. You know, we'll have four, even though he said he has one. Yeah. Respect what he said beforehand and let that be. Yeah. I used to pray like it couldn't change or anything, but I used to be like, Lord, why wasn't I born like earlier in time? And then I met my husband at 18, like my grandparents, and had a 60 year wedding anniversary. And then we just like, you know, die holding each other's hands or something. <laughs> like, why am I in this space of time where it's like, what, 50% of marriages are ending in a divorce? 51, So it's going towards the other way. And I know, like, for me personally, just the way my personality works, I would <clears> rather <throat> be a widow slash inmate number 2578432 than someone who's divorced. Like, I cannot have a marriage that ends in divorce but I feel like why is it why have times changed as opposed to having 60 year wedding anniversaries now people are married for like eight years and then they're on their second and possibly third spouse hmm. well I think one um, your grandparents or my grandparents how they got married or, or why they got married was different than Maybe why we got married, we get married now. Um, of course, I'd like to say 22 years ago, uh, James and I definitely got married because we were head over heels in love with one another, couldn't do without it. Definitely, we made in college, had nothing to do with finances. So, um, but back then, some of that could have been to do with finances as far as, you know, um, being able to take care of the kids, you know, not being, not breaking up that family unit because of those things, um, because I have to take care of my wife, I have to take care of the kids. If we're not married, what happens with her, you know, that kind of thing, and, or um, maybe just family units, knowing each other in that community and that kind of thing and responsibility, you don't leave your wife, so on and so forth, where now, um, it is so much complete independence. You know, I, I, we could do it together. I could do it apart, and it's and that's okay. And there's there's no big deal behind it. I agree. Um, I think marriage back then was for for utility. Um, people um, <clears throat> they did it because it was going to be better for um, their their family unit, unit. for mm -hmm. them to be able to to you know have any kind of prosperity in the future. Um, so much to the point that marriages were, were arranged many times. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, you married my daughter, you know, he's gonna marry my son, blah, blah, blah. It was no love kind of stuff. Really, you don't need love for marriage. Um, if you did, there wouldn't be arranged marriages, but you can go to love someone. But I think back then there was purpose and that purpose was for everybody knew what it was to be and they stuck together. But now folks, they, they, they get married on a feeling. It's about how you feel um, rather than really truly looking at, at your purpose as, as a man or as a woman to fulfill that position as a husband or a wife and, and sticking to it and doing the things that will make you, um, you know, love that person. Um, and not an erotic love. I mean, a, a true agape love. And it's hard to walk away from that. 
But we, you know, to your point, just that this whole independence, rah, 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 kick him in the knee. I can do it all by myself. I don't need, that's, that's foolishness. Do you feel like the <clears throat> commitment factor has changed over the years? Like are couples less committed or they just don't know where to place their commitment in a marriage? Many people don't even know what commitment even is mm. these days. Mm. They, they don't even grasp the, the totality of, um, how important it is to when you walk down on an aisle and have a marriage that it's a covenant that you make before that person and God and people, they just walk away with it so easily. Like your word just means nothing. Now I can just walk away with it. There's always some escape clause. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think people really even truly understand commitment period. They, They just really don't. That that's, that hasn't been shown. You don't see it displayed, um, which is why you have folks that are, you know, married multiple times. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, some things happen mm-hmm. and you can get remarried, but I'm talking to four or five, six, uh, seventh offending people. But don't you <laughs> offending me, um, But I also think that that's just the where we live. Everything has to be easy and quick. Um, what do you always say? The microwave mentality right okay you know i want this belly to be snatched okay i gotta drink this tea and put on what waist train okay that's all i have to do great no sit-ups no push-ups no long-term uh healthy eating plan Mm -hmm. let's let's do it quick it's the same thing with marriages they don't want to put in the work they don't want to put in the time um they don't want to put in the effort uh the sacrifice that all goes into having a strong marriage. They just wanted to even to be there instantly, just like they saw it on television or just like it looks um, from across the pew. So for us single people who strongly desire the oven roasted marriage, (laughs) how do we like start establishing commitment without seeming like a crazy person? Okay. So I feel like I'm 28 years old never had a boyfriend, never been in any type of serious, committed relationship whatsoever. I feel like in Pentecostal years, I'm in my 60s, you know, (laughs) as far as like something's wrong with her. She's never been married. What's the holdup? What's going on? And I don't want to seem like that crazy person that meets you and then is like, okay, how many kids do you want? What's your blood type? Social security number? You know, I would never do that to that extreme. But it's just like, how do I manifest this marriage that I want without scaring away eligible men. Well, um, quite frankly, I know you're saying that in jest, but that almost needs to be what it is because these days in church or outside the church, people are dating and just to date and dating should be with a purpose. Yes, yes. You should know upfront why you're in the game. We got two people in it. What, what, what's the end goal? What's the end, end purpose of this um, union right here? What, what are we doing? And I'm not saying you got to break everything out on the very first date, but I would say within the, you know, date two or so, yeah, that conversation should take place. Now, hey, what do you believe? What, what do you, um, your plans, do you ever want kids? Those things need to take place. And it shouldn't take a year or two years for you to determine whether or not you want to marry this person. Um, I think that should be said up front and it's not said up front because people are so hung up on other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We keep it PG, right? <laughs> right. You know yes, we. Careful, careful, silly. Mm. And I think I, I I would agree with James on that. Um, that you start to establish those things, and then don't get caught up not in those other things, but even the the warm fuzzies that you're feeling because you're getting all these warm fuzzies, but everything is a no. I don't um, go to church. No, I don't talk to my family. No, I don't. Um, value the things that you value. No, I don't even like the things that you like. Oh, but every time I'm with him, I just feel so mm-hmm. warm and fuzzy. Well, that will that too will pass, and a whole lot of other things will take its place. So, being able to see those uh, red flags initially and be strong enough to to say, okay, this is not what I want, you know, for the rest of my life. Because you see, sometimes people see that in the beginning and they still go forward with, with everything. And it's just like, okay, well, why are we having these problems now? Or, or why is this going on? Oh, you knew this from the very beginning, but you still ignored it and trekked forward. And now you're questioning what's going on. So if you have those those conversations and you're not getting the answers that you want, um, then that's the time to say, okay, this might be a better friendship. So couples that do get married that have ignored their red flags or like their marriage has turned into something that they don't even recognize anymore. What advice do you have to people that are like, well, now I feel stuck or now I feel like I can't move forward and do what I want to do? Well, what I, what I was telling you earlier, it starts today. There's no time like the present to really to start to work on your marriage. Start to invest back into the love you say you want and the marriage you say you want. You know, we always ask couples, you know, what, what are we doing? Or, or what what are you willing to do to save this marriage? And I, nine out of ten, oh, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Well, it takes being vulnerable. It takes, you know, really talking and communicating and understanding each other and giving up some bad habits or, or changing your mind um, set. It really takes that and being able to do it together. And I think that's easier said than done in most cases. Absolutely. Uh, many, many people fall in love with the idea of a wedding mm-hmm. and they don't understand the gravity of the marriage that lies before them. Um, that one day is the beginning of something far greater than what they ever could imagine. But they spend months, sometimes and even years, on planning the wedding. And many of them take no time to take counsel or to, to prepare for the marriage. The marriage. Yes. And um, that can be a detriment to anyone in any type of relationship, but most definitely in marriages. And then you bring all the other factors into into it as well where now you're bringing, you have children together and they're affected, both families are affected. Um, I just think all of that has to be understood and communicated and really to what both of you said, you have to be committed to it. As marriage counselors, do you guys ever have any type of scenario where it's best to just go ahead and melt this you know, sever this relationship, or are you like, there's nothing you can come back from? <laughs> well, um, wow, I, I will say this. We have had scenarios where we're like, why are these people married? Um, we will they don't ne- love each other, they yeah. don't like each other. <laughs> we will never tell someone not to be married because, you know, hey, if that's how you feel God put in front of you, who are we to say otherwise? But um, 
we've we've advised people not to get married yet. Um, to you know, during premarital counseling, we've done that. Um, but typically, folks, when we're talking to them, we're asking, "Do you want to be married? If you want to be married, what are you willing to do to save your marriage?" Mm-hmm. And we kind of put it back on them. Right. Um, and of course, you know, once we finish talking to them, we we have our own side conversation. Like, man, I can't believe she was talking to him like that, or the man he the way he talked to her, but that kind of deal. But um, I don't think we've ever told anyone, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you need a uh, referral to a divorce attorney. No, <laughs> we never done that. Okay, as a single person. What is like a good cheat sheet way to have an incredible marriage as far as like what I'm talking to him about, like what we're doing? I know we have the conversations about having kids and stuff, but is there anything that I need to start asking or anything you think I might miss in these important stages of dating? Oh, man. I feel like I'm like you, like as far as the warm and fuzzies i feel like that would surpass anything like oh one time he choked a kitten and drowned him in the river but i just love him you know (laughs) so what do i need to like ask or like what how do i approach it i'm gonna i'm gonna say something and then i'm gonna let james answer this this question um i have always felt this way about you right um having a good sense of self as a woman makes you a good wife to me having something that i understand a lot about myself my strengths my weaknesses and then having something to offer him um, (coughs) makes me a strong wife not i'm so independent i can do this i can do that blah 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 i run this house i do this outside the home i work my job whatever whatever just a good sense of self loving myself um, allows me to be genuine and present when I'm with him, right? So that that's first. So I know enough about me that when we have these conversations, they're open and, and, and I can um, really express to him what I need from him as a man and what I'm able to give to him as a woman as we come together in marriage. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's really really big for singles, first of all, to have a good sense of who you are and what you're bringing to the table. But that's a couple. Oh, wow. Well, um, a cheat sheet does not exist. <laughs> okay. Uh, but what I would say, I would say this. Um, I would ask if he was a believer. If he was truly, that would be one question. Get that on the table because a lot of folks feel, feel like that's not a big deal. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it is. it is a big deal because when you lean back on the biblical principles of man and woman, and not necessarily marriage, just man and woman, the way it's in there, um, then it's hard for him to argue with that. Uh, I, I think we skirt around it, we push it, push it aside, but that is a conversation that many people need to have. Where you, where do your beliefs lie as far as do you believe in Christ or you do not? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think that's that's really really important. Um, beyond that, I think everything is workable um, if you keep your mind open to just seeing a different perspective. You've been in one skin your whole body, uh, your whole life. I mean, 
this person's been in one skin their whole life. Come together, you can see things differently. They can show you some things, you can show them some things, and you just agree to be open to work it in it together. I think we we, we just be, we become so selfish, and marriage is not a selfish union. It is outside of sharing your body with a child for 10 months. Yeah. It's the most selfless act that you can make as a human being um, because you should have on both sides a servant attitude. You should be serving one another um, daily. And if you don't do that, then there's no, you shouldn't get into it. Or not willing to do that, then don't get into right. it. Right. So I feel like back in the day, it was like fine for women to like be housewives and everything was dandy and they had their food ready for their husbands and everything was like, that's the way it was because that's the way our neighbors did it and the people across the street. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like women are career minded. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. The independency is there. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I feel like it's getting too overpowering where they're like, okay, well, I I've always been saving a little something in case he messes up. And so I've got like a little nest egg of where to go, what to do. Why is that happening now? Like why is the independency and like the hear me roar coming up over the umbrella of marriage? Women ruined it for women. You know what? I'm just going to tell you. That's a woman driven idea. Two women and say that that's what happened. Are we to be real on here? Be real. Go ahead. Women ruined it for women. That mindset and that aspect, no one that's a male picketed that idea. I promise you. It became a, a, a woman's rights kind of deal, and it went beyond that into where we are today. Not saying that a woman um, couldn't be right, but the biggest uh, misconception that we hear all the time, and many won't like what I'm about to say, is that women are equal to men, and they're not. Um, that's not how it is. That's not how it was meant to be. Oh yeah, I understand. I'm just telling you that's not where. That's not how it is. Not if, if you consider yourself a true believer. It was never. Look at any species. Men and women are not equal. Male and female, they're not equal. So the the lion's share of that responsibility falls on us with women being the helpmate, right? Right. But I think men, some men, get into that whole dominance and dogmatic type kind of deal. And they lose that whole um, part when it talks in Ephesians 5 and 23, I believe. They don't go a little bit further beyond, you know, women, uh, uh, wives, submit to your husband. Because it talks about a husband love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. That's a big type of love. And I think we as men have a responsibility to show that love over and, and above anything else so that in turn, our wives can give it back to us. But somewhere along the lines, we lost it and it never got back on track. He said that's the one that was a woman's fault. I'm talking it started that way. Okay. I'm saying that it was the man's fault because you weren't loving me as Christ loves the church. You were leaving. You were loving, loving me, not like Christ loves the church, but you were loving me and you were loving this and you were loving this and you had all these other things going on. And so I had to, or women had to, okay, if he's not here, what am I going to do? Because in most cases, if the husband is not in the home, the children are left with the wife, even if the wife wasn't the one 
working outside of the home. She was inside making the home and cooking the whole nine yards. And he was going out to work. If he left, where did that leave her? So now it's, okay, let me get this little nest egg going because just in case, because that was happening more often because people were doing marriages where that 51% was, or that percentage was rising up to the 51% that we're at now. And they had to do something else, unfortunately. So I think that's more of what happened. 80% of divorces are found by women. It, men leaving. Typically, when the women leave, they when, when the marriages are ended, it's a divorce filed by the wife. At the last possible inkling of the time to do it, because the wife does not want that marriage to end. You Men want it to be my cake and eat it too. You stay here where you are, and I still do whatever I'm doing, but don't get the divorce. I'm not saying that that's because right. Because it's cheaper to keep but, her as well, as they say. But when a divorce is filed, why, is it, why does it happen? It's because someone goes to file, and that typically falls on the wives. Now, I'm not excusing the behavior of any men or any husbands at all, and that, but a marriage ends because one person files divorce. Um, but I think that independence, rather than embracing um, each other, kind of holding each other together, that doing that, we get back into that whole selfish mindset. And he wants what he wants, she, she wants, wants what she, she wants, wants, and you end up at the courthouse. All right. Since you two have both known me for like the majority of my adult life, <laughs> Uncle James, <laughs> yes. um, being a 28-year-old single person, type one personality, everything is like black and white and there's no gray area. This is like everything is solidified. It's very hard for me to see outside of the box when it comes to certain concepts. What type of man do I need to have the most successful marriage of all? Do you know? Oh, wow. Just what, analyzing. What type of man do you need to be successful? We've already established that he has to be a believer. Right. So that's a given. Right. But you, all, you need a man who's a man. Ah, what does that mean? I'm about to tell you. Please, sir, please. <laughs> You, you need someone that can truly walk in the responsibility of being the head of a family. Doesn't make excuses for it. He doesn't try to uh, shy away from uh, his responsibility and come good or bad, he's willing to walk in it um, because that's an important piece. I think many times you have fellas that allow their, oh my, my wife will take care of that or my wife will do this or my my wife is this and that and the third and some you know why they'll they'll do it, but when it all peeled back, women want to be led, and they want to be led by a strong man. Um, that's the desire. That's how it's supposed to be because that anointing flows from Christ to the husband to the wife and then to the kids. That's the order of it. It's not any other way. So that he needs to be able to embrace that. And you can tell, you can tell. Does he open your door for you? Does he pull off the chair for you? Does he allow you to walk in, you know, to a place first? Or does he sit with his back to the door? Um, does he walk you on the on the sidewalk, you over to the street? And he got you, you know, those little, little, little things that you can kind of look out for. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, it also comes down to um, a man that really loves you, really loves you, and not just in word. All the things that he just described is that's how you know he loves you. He is your protector. Uh, he is your provider, uh, and he loves you in in indeed. So he can say it a lot, and I think we do throw that word around a lot. But being able to really see it, I know that you do because of this and because of that, or the way you treat me, the way you hold me, the way you talk to me, the way you respect me, and <clears throat> that I think you you need, and that's what we want for you more than anything. So 22 years ago, when you were 10, <laughs> what were some of like the core values that you were looking for in your husband? Um, I think I was still really, really pie in the sky, mushy, right? So I definitely wanted, um, my love language is touch already. So I love the hold hand and hand holding and I love the back rubs and the um, Why are you making faces? I, well, because my love language is not touch. Like oh, I'm zero percent. Do not even um, look my way. I, I, I love, 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 love that. So um, I think uh, I, I definitely wanted someone who was um, maybe sensitive to that. I mean, at ten, you know, just sensitive yeah. to that. <laughs> I, I guess because I loved that kind of stuff. Um, but I think. Mm, I think I was also, uh, I liked confidence. I liked, uh, I didn't, wasn't so much uh, attracted to those who didn't talk or speak well, you know, had confidence about him and could really hold a conversation, you know, and at 10 years old, I don't know how much conversation we were really having, but right. as we, as I got older, I, I was ahead of the curve. Right. I have no doubt that you were. Um, I think that was probably what I was most, I, I would say I like most, even as I, as I got older, intelligence, confidence, um, and 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 loving and and that being expressed, I think I, I I'm still very touchy feely even now. Well, I definitely like the confidence realm of it as well. But like, okay, back when you were dating, unfortunately, when you were ten, the internet wasn't as a big it of a existed. deal. <laughs> It, it was not a big deal. Don't so, go too far. No, it did not exist. So, <laughs> like I said earlier, mentally, I'm like, I'm elderly, like mentally. So I do. I try to keep my social media up. I try to keep it present. I try to keep it valid. Like this is what I look like currently. This is what I'm doing. The adventures I'm going on. But I don't know how to play the social media game. Like I feel, I feel very out of place in old school when it comes to this because I don't understand how it works. A guy follows me on Instagram. <laughs> I look through his stuff. If I want to follow him, I will. If I don't, I will not. He goes back and he likes something from 2018. And I'm like, okay, he's clearly been scrolling through everything that I've ever posted. So do I go back and do I like something from 2018? Or he messages me, do I? I'm like old school. Like if you do come at me on any type of social media, I'm not afraid if you ask me for my phone number within the first five like DMs, you know, like that doesn't scare me, but it feels like men are kind of like cowarding behind social media. So is that what's happening? Like, am I most likely going to find this marriage mate on social media or does, 
well, what? not to cut you off, Anissa, mm -hmm. your social media presence is, um, it's in a class of its own. You you don't have the uh, the, the the normal social media page. I'll just say that. Okay. Thank so, goodness. So no no no. I mean that's not. A, I'm not saying. That's Please a bad elaborate. Thing. Like what do you okay, mean? Okay okay okay. So so you're well traveled, very well traveled. Um, your your palate has been exposed to foods beyond. Um, some's wildest imagination, um, <laughs> as likable as it is, it, 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 for some of these jokers out here, it could be a little intimidating for oh, them. Could be. Now. He has for, said this to me before, so this is not the first okay. time. I, I, I just I, like, I, step up your game. Hey, so you I'm need saying. the confidence, right? Mm -hmm. But we're dealing with these soft guys it, 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 unfortunately um which is why you know i'll throw it out there you know a little up uh, a little, <laughs> little more season might not be a bad thing an older gentleman because these dudes are just like you said they're just they're cowering behind the social media like, man dang she's in she's in tokyo oh. <laughs> okay uh Man, I drove by that restaurant. I know I can't afford to go over there. <laughs> so if I'm, I come in, I'm trying to step to you. Wait, but what and wait, Hold on, it? let me finish. Oh, my goodness. And all I got is McDonald's money. It's like, <laughs> she's going to look at me crazy. So this is, and I've, I've said this as well, with what you, the exposure that you've been, been you know, living in, in life or whatever, I think it would bode well. Let's just add some of your, your video. Just you talking about you, your day, what you're doing. Okay. Huh? I feel like it's like a good conversation starter. I'm trying to get the traveling out of the way now so I can settle down and take care of your babies in two years, <laughs> you know? So I figured, okay, I go to Japan. I have a good time. Somebody does start scrolling and they see that and they say, wow, how is Japan? It looked like a lot of fun and blah, blah, blah. I didn't think it was like turn offish. I just thought it was. I, I'm just. I'm just putting it out there. My 28-year-old self, um, I, you know, I, I probably would. I was. I'm. I'm confident. I probably was. Would have still done it. Um, I was married, of course, at that time. But I, I feel like I would have had enough confidence to do it. But I think now, with the pool of people that you're dealing with, I don't know. Seeing more of your personality, I think, because when you do put your videos out there and you, you know, you're talking or you're saying something. Oh, that, that's what I, I love to see that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love to see that part of it. Um, because I know you're dealing with a bunch of weak jellyfish and, and not and, jellyfish, and, and, not weak. It, it, it I'm just telling you, these, they, they don't, they won't not, rise to the occasion. They're not men's men. It, it's some, you just don't find, those guys that with that confidence. But why to that. is that the pool that I'm dealing with? Like, why? That's where your age are group. But where are they? I have to get married, right? Outside of your age group. Outside of my. So mm -hmm. he's got to be what? If I'm 28, he's got to be what? He might be 40. Oh, I don't think he's 40. <laughs> I but do forty-year-old men want the children that I want in the home? Oh, absolutely. And not only that, at you, forty, you want you think forty-year-old men want to have four kids? 
men don't really truly hit their stride. Like, okay, boom, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting this. I'm doing, doing this. I'm financially stable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Until you get to your forties, that's just a normal trip in life. And we get better from there. You see all these guys that are older and they got these young women. They, they got the money to afford them. Um, so you being 28, I don't think is a turnoff. Um, and I'm not affording like there's some commodity that we're going to buy. I don't mean that. No, I think you you got this young woman because maybe you want to make yourself feel a little younger because that's why it, it you're be that too. and you're dating a And she can have your, your babies mm-hmm. and wow. stay at home to take care of my babies because that idea is not dead. No, I've always wanted <laughs> to stay at home like and cultivate a home, homeschool my children. But now I feel like it's so outdated that I've got to have something on the side or I've got to further my career. Well, see, that's the tragedy. It's not, though. Outdated in what way? Like, um, like that's not the thing to do these days? Yeah, I feel yeah. like most... Because uh, it's financially stronger for you to work outside of the home or it just doesn't... No, not financially stronger. I mean, as long as there was a home for me to cultivate, I feel like I would be in the right. But I've never had the desire to go out into the corporate world and do anything to that capacity because I've always, I didn't want to come home to a babysitter telling me, you know, oh, he bit her and all this and that. I want to see it for myself. I'm not trusting a third party in my home whatsoever. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to have dinner ready. And that is like the dream to me. So many people around me, they're career minded and that's amazing for them. I don't know what that means for their future or how their household is going to be run. I can only talk about what I want for me, but I feel kind of stupid now thinking about like staying at home and nobody's doing that anymore. So why should I want to, you know, but plenty of people are staying at home yeah, and taking care of their kids. And it's all about what you want. Every marriage is different. Um, and the goals of your marriage and what you want <coughs> have to be established between you and your husband, regardless of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Sometimes we don't. Um, embrace that idea because we feel like it might be beneath us. Mm-hmm. But you'll find that many, many people do. Many people do. So I need a 40-year-old. <laughs> and Can we meet in the middle and keep it 35? Well, he might not, he may not have hit that stride yet. Well, he is on his way because he's almost Well, he 40. can be on his way. Let's do 37. Well, we, we can call him a Henry. Henry. Okay, so Henry... Henry. Henry. Okay. Henry's thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Henry. Okay. But does like ministry fall into that as well? Like I would love to marry like an evangelist or something at the beginning. I'm talking no kids. If we just travel, we live, you know, how we live here and there. We ministers, we're <laughs> jumping from church to church. Like that's exciting to me. And I understand the fact that we could be eating ramen noodles and having Okay, as long as you No, I yes. I know you jumped up. I get <laughs> yes, that. Well, because you, you're gonna get it in just the same Because thing. I've gone to college and I've survived off of the Taco Bell dollar <laughs> menu, you know, I understand the hardships that an evangelical lifestyle can bring. You know, I'm saying once we're like, okay. We've done this. We're ready for our kids. Let's solidify a home. Let's have like roots planted somewhere. Like, how do you, does the ministry wise hinder the life I'm trying to have? You know, basically is what I'm saying. Absolutely. It it can. Um, 
that ministry realm, the evangelist realm, I'll just say that, that's, I respect every one of those guys because they, for one, they, they can be on the road many, many times uh, throughout the year. Um, they're not making, you know, a super handsome living because they're not doing it for that reason. They're doing it because they feel the draw from God to spread his gospel. Um, and I respect them for that. I don't think um, you can just flip a switch and turn that off. Say, okay, now we're going to set our roots up and we're going to be here. Because then how do you make income? Now, if you had a business that was running on the side, um, that was sustaining you and paying for different things, then sure, you know, it could work that way. Um, if that's the life that you want, that you want to live, I say embrace it. And you just be the support that you can for that man that happens to be that, that um evangelist and I think God will honor it. Um but it you know uh, yeah you got to travel it out the way um uh, from what you said and all the restaurants and all that good jazz, right. you know. Unless he's a you know like a, a missionary over the way. But um but yeah it, it that's a that's a tough that's a tough tough life unless you you know that's been your desire the whole time then. Okay. So Henry He's 37. 37. He's an evangelist who owns his own pipeline. No, I'm scared. Okay, okay, no. Henry. Okay. <laughs> Where you at? Get back to Japan. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, okay, no, not as extravagant as a pipeline, but he owns a side hustle. You okay. know, okay. So he follows me on Instagram, mm-hmm. likes a couple pictures, starts a conversation through social media, asks me for my phone number. We're like, we're going, we're vibing. It's happening. How long until it's like I ask the question, what are we? Are we exclusive? Do you believe in dating other people while you're dating me? Is that even a thing in the church or is that just a thing among people in general? What is that? Okay, so I'm gonna add, I'm gonna answer this as a heathen, okay. um, because you know I thought you, peel you it just off. said he was in the church. Yeah, he, he is, is but I said I'm gonna answer it. <laughs> Not as hindering, <laughs> right? Um, I think, and this is just just me that that conversation is early on, and it's early on because. If it's not what you think it is, you can just cut ways and there's no love loss at all. You don't lose anything. But if you go into um, a relationship, so to speak, and you're having conversation with this guy and it's going on and on, I think you you could know within six, seven months or so whether or not y'all are going to be together. It doesn't take a long drawn out uh, marathon dating time to determine whether or not this man can be or cannot be your husband. So six months until you have the conversation or? Oh, and, uh, no, start early with okay. the conversation. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. But I think by by six months at, at 28, you, you know what your, your purpose is. Are we getting married or are we not getting married? Well, that's all the line of questioning I have for my interrogation. <laughs> Where can people find you guys on social media? We are, uh, um, you can email us at the leads at elevatemarriages.com. You can also find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're new to TikTok. 
No, you won't find us doing any of those goofy videos. No. I will never get James Lee in a wig. Um, YouTube. Yes, YouTube. You're on a YouTube platform. We're trying to grow that. Okay. We're trying to grow that more. So you reach out to us, elevate marriages on all of them. Right. We right. Right. Easy that. to find. Uh, what else? Oh, and of course, our own podcast. And you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's all of them where their podcasts are available. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for sitting down with me. I appreciate oh, it. Okay. It's it is our pleasure. You know we love you. Yes. Absolutely. That's all for this episode of Almost Apostolic. If you enjoyed yourself, please do us a favor and leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until then, thank you for listening.